a bull hauler. Until it's time to do bull hauler shit. <laughs> if I taste in men were half as good as my taste in trucks, I'd have 99 less problems. You ain't got enough motor for me there, hero. <laughs> Welcome to The Bullshit Business, the podcast that gives you all the scoop and insight into the business of hauling livestock. Each episode, you'll hear about a different topic as we welcome you to The Shit Show. Where are y'all at now? Are y'all running rodeo stock? Yeah, that's where we're going to start today. You might be here because you're considering the cow game. Could be you're in the game and happen to find us interesting. Or maybe you hit the home stretch and you're just trying to stay awake. And then there's always maybe your friend of mine getting shits and giggles listening to me talk about trucking. Regardless of why you're here, I have a good feeling you'll enjoy it. I just recently had to rebuild all five of mine, all of them, every single last one. Oh my, all at once. All at once, and that's why I'm hurting so bad. The drivers, I need to get them rolling. Oh man. Throughout this podcast series, we will be unveiling the bullshit, giving the inside scoop, and having numerous guests you definitely will not want to miss. Hey, if I were you, I would be completely candid. I mean, you've definitely built a good name for yourself. It's guaranteed to be an entertaining and educational series that will keep you cool on your stool, of course, but on the edge of your seat. Grab a hold of your steering wheel, stick that toothpick in your mouth, grab your hot shot, turn your CB down on low, or if you happen to be like me, grab your Starbucks with a little splash of bourbon and enjoy the show. Howdy Ann's, it's the Bull Hauler's daughter here telling you about today's episode, being an owner-operator, or what we really know is owner-operator bullshit. Today, I'm going to give you guys an inside perspective as someone from a trucking family who grew to be a small but mighty owner-operator. I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, and some things some of you guys probably don't want to hear. 
Of course, we'll have Easy there as well to give his opinion as we discuss something that's thrown around often, and that is being an owner-operator. What it is, what it means, some of the things that go on besides being behind the wheel, and all that jazz. So, buckle up. Well, of course. It's only the right thing to do. <laughs> of course, Easy's going to honk his horn when the kids pump their arm. Hopefully, most all of you do whenever that happens, but that should remind you of the families out there. You might be honking your horn for a little one that uh, has a someone they look up to that drives a truck and that brings me to of course as always truckersfinalmile.org recently my family specifically had quite a scare with our driver that we love and it's hard to talk about he's recovering very well and, and, and things are okay thank god but we had to think about the things that you typically don't think about and this time I'd like for you guys to go to truckersfinalmile.org and check out their travel plans. They have several different tiers and I suggest every driver have, even if you can't afford it, you know, there's different ways to get things taken care of and that's where the donations come into play. So if everybody that listened to this would even donate a dollar or two dollars or five dollars, you know, that could be a travel plan for, for a driver who has a family at home and something happens on the road, things are taken care of. So my call to action for you guys this time, please, is to go and either donate or buy yourself a travel plan. Know that if you have a brush with death, I mean, you guys are, are out there, you know, in the brunt of it every single day, or you, you know, something does happen to you, that things will be taken care of. Your families love you very much and appreciate you very much and they deserve to be comforted knowing that things will be taken care of in a way that they should be. All right, drivers. So before Easy and I go live, I wanted to take just a little bit of time to give myself some credibility, I guess, or take it for what it's worth. So for any of you guys who don't know me or not in the world, I am here on this podcast talking about trucking and I'm just a girl who doesn't drive a truck. I wanted to give you a quick background so that you know sort of where I'm coming from and where my knowledge, my lack thereof often, and opinions that are very strong actually come from. So my dad... His name is Glenn Hensley. His handle is Pillsbury. So most of you guys, if you do know him, he's that old man in the red flat top Peterbilt. It's all stretched out and he's got Hensley on his porch lights and they call him Pillsbury. We are actually going to do another episode about dad and a little more, get more into specifically what he's done because he's actually been in the industry since 1970. So he started trucking in 1970, owning his own truck and, and, and hauling freight. And I was born literally into a trucking company. And that is all I've ever known because he is now 79 years old and he has yet to give it up. So 
1970, that's all my family's ever known. And so my perspective is from the stance of a lot of things I know by accident because I just know them because that's, you know, we lived and breathed, still do, trucking. My perspective also is a little bit different from probably most of you guys who are listening in that it is about everything besides driving, right? So there's a lot more to trucking, believe it or not, than just being behind the wheel. And so I wanted to do this podcast with Easy to sort of talk about what it's like being an owner operator and all of that and that. So I just found it best to sort of give you guys that slight background and let you know where I'm coming from as we discuss all of this owner operator bullshit. Obviously, there's a lot going on with trucking right now, and we're going to touch on the owner operator situation, what it is, what it isn't, all that stuff. But we're going to just kind of freestyle it, if that's okay with you today, and kind of talk about everything that's going on right now in trucking the good, the bad, the ugly. How's that? Yeah, yeah, heck yeah! It goes right along with the, with our uh, rapper names, Dre and Easy. Yeah, hey, there you go. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll freestyle. We'll freestyle this session. That that's yeah. That's what I'm gonna start doing instead of instead of my CB. Whenever I'm done, like I do my CB talk or whatever, I'm gonna start doing a rap or something. Probably, <laughs> it'd be worse than my CB talk, so I'll probably hold off on that. But obviously, you know. I, I'm familiar with the owner-operator stuff, and, and I'd actually had several people ask, and I'm sure that, that you have people ask, well, I know they ask you everything, but, well, you know, hey, I want to get my authority, and I want to be an owner-operator, or, hey, I'm an owner-operator, but the difference is, and, and I, I know you know this easy, but people that are that are out there wanting to do this, the difference is, you know, I can, if I go and buy a truck, and I make a payment on it, it's my truck. But if I run under your authority, I'm your liability, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, really, it seems it's one of those things, kind of like being a bull hauler. It all seems, you know, ideal and great and what everybody wants to do. And then, you know, they actually have to deal with DOT audits and insurance and you know keeping their nose clean on the road and make sure the trucks are maintained and and all the records when really you know if you are under someone else's authority they do that and you just run yeah and so you don't you don't when you're leased on you don't even gotta i know so i know from from my knowledge like with uh, for instance i'll say when i was at when i was leased on the moo cow I didn't have to worry about insurance or getting my own authority or none of that. They took care of all that. And it just, I mean, it would come out of my check, not uh, with the lease agreement. Right. But that, I mean, it was, it was such a breeze doing it that way. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't have to go drop, you know, $8,000 or whatever on insurance because they already had it. Right. And you didn't have to worry. You know, you don't have to take off a week for an auditor. You know, if, you, if your dad had 25 trucks, an auditor would come sometimes for two weeks at a time, you know, and that, that's a lot of time and, and effort. And if they come in for two weeks, then the chances are they're going to leave with with some pretty hefty fines because they spent a decent amount of time there, right? So it's like, yeah. like you're also responsible for all those those fines and stuff. But then, you know, on, on the other, I wouldn't 
say don't be an owner operator. I just think there's more to it than people. Re- I mean, it's really easy to get your authority and get a DOT number. Um, well, I know, I know when I when I first started out, that and I I never, I never grasped the reality. I thought it was just a little funny punchline or something. But one of the old school truckers, I can't remember who it was. It, I know it was an older gentleman that was had been hauling cattle, and he was an owner operator. He was a true owner operator. And he told me, he told me straight up, he said, look, to be an owner-operator, if you want to make a million dollars, you got to spend two million. Yep. That's, that's and, probably about and, right. Yeah. And he said, don't ever, of course, I started the wrong way. Thankfully, I made it. But I started, I started, I went and bought a truck with not a penny to my name. Right. And, and but look and, how and far he, you've come. <laughs> Yeah, and he and he told me too. Like, he told me before I went and bought that truck. He's like, "Look, you always got to make sure you have at least thirty thousand dollars set aside for breakdowns or if that motor takes a shit." And he's right. He was right the whole time. I just, I was, I was just like everyone else, like these other youngsters. Like, I just, I wanted to be owner operator because yeah. ultimately, and that's what I tell people now. Like, ultimately, that should be your freaking goal. Don't be. Right. Don't be satisfied with being a company driver because as a company driver, you'll hit that top percentage bracket and that's it. Like you ain't going to go no more than that. And yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So I just ultimately, think that they don't understand next, yeah, that it's something no. to work towards. It's not something yeah. you just do. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. Exactly right. You know, it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, I, in our, in our household, there's two authorities because, you know, definitely even before TikTok, when people got really stupid and called the DOT and blah, 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 blah. That happened, you know, scenes. And so there was a situation when my dad had 15 cow trailers. There was a, a certain hauled cattle around Kentucky, and they had maybe five or six. Well, when dad put his nose out there because the fuel prices were up, which we'll talk about that in a minute because that makes – right now cattle isn't – the pay doesn't look so bad. But anyway, so he switched to cattle. And, um, in trucks, well, that would then make him the largest, he'd have the most trailers. So of course he got loaded first. Well, this guy wasn't not getting loaded because of dad, but he didn't like that. And he literally called on him until they shut him down and really? they did, they sure did. And so, so my mom, so there's actually a, and I hardly ever get to talk about my mom because she was really just the bully. And in triangle that ran the Hensley trucking, she was just the bully, but, um, she did a lot of work, but no, she, there's actually a Jill Hensley LLC. And my dad had to run under that for a little while until he could get it straightened out. And, you know, it took a lot of knowing the right people and, you know, but he, you know, a DOT auditor that's a friend of his would, would say right now, he could put his hand on the Bible and say, dad was doing everything he could possibly do to run cattle and make money. And, and be legal. I mean, he did, he went out well out of his way. And they still, yeah. you know, if somebody harps on, on somebody enough, you know, they shut him down. I mean, it was, I remember it was really stressful, you know. I mean, you, you want to keep your drivers. I mean, you, it, it was awful. But, and she still got that, which cracked me up. But um, either way, you know, it's like that's, that's what comes along with it. You know, when you're an owner-operator, you almost have to carry yourself in a different way. Definitely. 
I'm driving on the interstate, and I forgot that you get to see. I'm small town Nicholasville. I don't see all these pretty Peterbilts, but I've been passing all of them. A lot that comes along with it that I think that, you know, people aren't necessarily prepared for, but I think you hit the nail on the head. It's something to work towards. Yeah, definitely. Uh, top of all that that you just mentioned, you still got the countless hours of figuring out payroll for your drivers, mm-hmm. um, figuring out the, the freaking bills and expenses, uh, breakdowns, and yeah. Uh, yeah, all that stuff, man. And it's like, Oh, it's such a freaking, it's so much, man. Well, and I've been, so I've been doing safety and compliance for a a local of late. And, you know, I I was a little bit rusty, but, you know, late, you know, I mean, they lay it out for you, but it's a lot of work. You know, they, you know, this company sort of handed me a stack of papers and said, you know, that's legal. Yeah. You know, that, but y'all have to understand that making you leave, that's a large task for one girl. Um, it's all, you know, every little, you know, every tiny little thing has got to be is a little bit off subject. Not necessarily, though. One thing that, that my dad always said, and I think that it's any owner, operator, or driver, for, the, for that matter, really, he would always say, do whatever you can to make sure that if you're pulled over, that DOT officer is standing by your door or wherever he is you get out of your truck for the least amount of time possible yeah and when they come in to audit you have your shit in order to the point that they spend the least amount of time possible because it's right there in front of them and it makes perfect sense because you know, dad have a binder, for instance, and it would have literally everything that they might even want to ask right up to that, that driver's last drug test in this binder. And on the very front, my mom, t- actually it was today when I was working on the paperwork for the, for the company that I've been working for, and I was like talking about the cover sheets, and I thought that she had put the DOT number on the cover sheet. She said, no, no, I put the VIN of the truck. And I was like, why? And, and she goes, because we found that five out of ten times, when they pulled that that binder out with that bin on it, they didn't even open the notebook. Yeah, it's almost like they just want to see if you got it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's like, Dad's like, you know, you hand them everything you've got willingly. That that the least amount of time for them to start digging around within your truck, you know, wanting yep. to do stupid inspections yada 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 it's all right there you know the card everything that that they might need and really i mean it makes perfect sense and so they operator that's how he sort of handled audits as well you know it was yeah my mom would separate them by quarter and i because i remember i'd have to read them off read off the gallons and miles and it was like horrific because it was wrote down every gallon and every single mile that every driver drove for 25 trucks, it was it was a lot, and he did that. Golly, on I couldn't imagine. I uh, could not imagine 25 trucks. Do you remember? Okay, you know, you remember those old pad, like legal, almost like graph paper, but they were tiny boxes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like really long. Okay, so I'm not kidding you. For every quarter, my mom would have one that she would write down all the states at the top, and each driver on the left side. And then she'd have another one where she'd write all the gallons, right, for each driver. Yeah. And so one one pad was miles and one pad was gallons. 
So literally, once every couple months, I would sit there with a stack of envelopes and I would read off to her all these numbers and she would keep them in this pad. And and in fact, dad had her do that until, geez, probably four years ago when they absolutely would no longer let him whatsoever keep it up that keep up with it that way. But he was like, you talk about running a DOT auditor out, hand him a bunch of graph paper with numbers on it. Yeah, that would fucking do it. You know, I mean, they hated it, but they, but they didn't want to sit there and go through it. I mean, you have to have your glass, you know, your glasses on, I mean, to see it all. But my, but literally for 25 trucks, she kept every single mile and every gallon of fuel they put in their truck on those little tiny pads. Gosh, dang it. It's crazy. Technically, to keep them there longer, but when they would ask for like a trip or whatever, you know, she just had an envelope system and it had on the back of it, it had all the miles for that trip, all the gallons. Of course, this was before the fuel carts. This, you know, dad ran on cash until he couldn't anymore. And so then now, now the fuel card, you know, it, it, it's been bad. We won't get into that, but in the envelope, you'd have, you know, you'd have on, on the front, you'd have your trip information, your expenses, and then it, you have your log and all your receipts. And I remember my mom stacking it would say, you know, first quarter, good logs. And then she'd have a stack that said first quarter, okay logs. And then it would say, do not show to DOT. <laughs> and those were usually oh, my dad, shit. actually, believe it or not. He's the worst. But she would have those stacks. And so she'd have them ready and she'd stay on top of it. And when, when the auditor would come in and they'd say, hey, we want to see six trips from the first quarter she she crossed her fingers that there were six good ones that she could pull off the top and if not she'd go to that okay pile and, wow uh, so you know it's just the, you know a lot of these these days they got a big head right oh i'm a i'm an owner operator i'm a bull hauler i'm just truck drivers in general some of them they get a little arrogant and it's like stop and ask somebody that's already done it because they could probably yeah that arrogance that arrogance will get you, man. Right, right. And, you know, it gets gotten a lot of people, but. That's the only reason why I speak about it, because it, it's gotten me. I've gotten like that. Really? Yeah. Well, and, and when I first started out as an owner-operator, because here I am, I bought this freaking $30,000 freaking truck with no money to my name. And <laughs> but it looked now, good, I bet. <laughs> oh yeah, and and then I was, and then and then you get you you you'll get that feeling that that'll try to creep in on you, where you're like, yeah, I'm my own boss. I do, I'm doing this shit, and then and right. then that's where you freaking fail, man. Yeah, actually, you know, now that you bring that, I will say this, and I think anybody on the road would say this: that you won't find a more humble man than my father, right? Yeah, and I get messages from people all the time, and one day I, I think I think we'll do a whole podcast. I, I just want to share some of these messages people have sent. It's really cool. But um, I get from a guy, and they typically start out, you know, like this, some something along the lines of, you know, hey, I, you know, your dad would not know me from Adam, but one time in 1994, I was running out, you know, out and I saw him in a love truck stop and I stopped him and asked if he was there and he said yes blah 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 anyways he 
so so I got I remember this one particular message and the guy said I asked him if he he you know he said he appeared to be in a hurry and he said I said you know do you mind if I ask you a question and my dad which I can imagine it right now and his most like mumbly tired I'm in a hurry get it out sort of mentality being like yeah but I'm in a hurry what is it and uh he said, and so he said that, that that he was like, "Yes, sir, I understand that." But he wanted to know if you if you could give me off the top of your head one piece of advice to be successful in this industry, what would it be? Which is a very good question, you know. And yeah. He said, "That's a loaded question. I, I got all kinds of advice, but I don't have time to give it. So I'll tell you one thing that I've never forgotten." And he said, "Always assume that you've made it, or you'll never make it." That's pretty freaking good. Because the guy was, and because the guy followed up with a message, and he was like, "I was kind of blown away." You know, I thought it was going to be something technical about truck, you know, or many trucks yeah. or something more specific. But really, it he just said, you know, basically, don't get, don't think you're ahead because as soon as you think you're ahead, you're not going to be anymore. And I and yep. I I actually read that to him because I thought I found. This guy sent me this message, you know, and I read it to him, and he goes, I, "He goes, I live by that every day." Yeah, but, that's 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 pretty good, right there, and and it's true because, like, I ran into I ran into a little hiccup. I mean, I took care of it. It cost me a lot of money, but I was new to the owner operator game, and, and and like I said, I got I was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking doing it," and I got I I didn't file my taxes for a year, like that year. Like your IFTA or 2290s and all that? Yeah, and I had – and so I didn't get in trouble, but I had to come back and do that year and the the year that I was on, and it cost me a chunk of change, man. And it just – it was a lesson that I was like, man, because you got to keep up with that shit. Like that's part of – You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues. Yeah, it's not just go out and buy a truck and you're an owner-operator. I mean, there is a lot. You got to freaking – you got to render – to the government what belongs to the government and if you don't they're going to come get that money man right you know and i mean this is an industry that's got a huge governing body over it right yeah you know that i said this the other day and somebody was like i've never heard it put that way but it's it's so true so the way i look at it i'll be honest the D- I, I don't like the dot i don't know any driver or trucking family that does but they are the only governing body that is not on the side of those they govern if you think about it that is true that's crazy yeah they are not there for they are not there to protect those who they are over you know yeah they're not there to help you or nothing right like a police officer for instance it might he might be a pain in the in the rear end because he keeps pulling you over for drinking and driving or he, he gets you arrested or whatever but he's that, that police officer's job is also to, you know, do good things, right? And be there for people that are hurt or are going to get hurt or whatever it may be. The DOT is yeah. straight up there. Really? Yep. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it's freaking crazy because the whole reason, the whole reason they're, they're freaking like the governing bodies that's over the trucking industry the only reason they're doing it is so they can get a chunk of that freaking money that you're making and then they want to shut you down like it's kind of a oh yeah oh yeah and i mean they're gonna make their money you know they're gonna make money somewhere but you know earlier you were saying that's kind of where i what the point i wanted to make 
It's like, I'm going to use this podcast to make all the points that no one, no one listens to when I say them otherwise, right? Um, but the point <laughs> I was going to make about, you know, there's the driving than just being behind the wheel. And I could beat my head against the wall, you know, with some drivers that I, that I've met through TikTok and stuff. And, you know, they're like, oh, I don't do this. I don't, I don't keep up with this. I don't keep up with that. I don't do it. I'm like, y'all don't understand. Like, you are the most important part, hands down. You know, that you're what, yeah. you're what gets something from A to B. But in order for yep. you to be able to do that, there is someone somewhere that is spending countless hours answering phone calls in the middle of the night, you know, making sure all the paperwork's up to date, you know, making sure insurance is up to date, keeping the, you know, keeping... My mom, actually, I'll give her, I mean, my she's she's like superwoman she literally was the dispatcher the accountant the which comes to another thing you got to keep your overhead down i don't know if this much is necessary but she was the all those things and on top of that i mean our phone rang 24 hours a day seven days a week and if if you know at three a driver was at the shop and they needed something you know then my mom would wake in the middle of the night and we would go to the shop and we would we would take care of it you know, but cut down on a overhead, right? Because he didn't have a secretary and a, and a dispatcher. But it was, she she earned every Louis Vuitton purse she's got. I'll say that much. But yeah, you know, I, on, on my end, see, I, I, I have mad respect. You guys all know this. Mad respect for y'all that drive. You know what I mean? But like, I don't get that part because I'm not a driver. You know, I'm not the road. Yeah. But what I do get is all the behind the scenes. And it can get really di- I mean, it's not. I've trucks. Somebody called dad not long ago and asked for, you know, a little piece of owner operator buying some more trucks. And he said, buy five trucks and stop there. Yeah. Like, literally. Because, you know, the more, you, you, more trucks, you know. and Oh, it's freaking crazy. That's why I said a while ago, like, I couldn't imagine. I yeah. Mean, the headache that that I have with the six now, we just bought another one. And the ins and outs, even even something so small as, well, like I asked you today, you know, we bought that single axle to haul some of our hay around at the ranch. Yeah. Well, I st- I still gotta I still gotta operate within the means of legally the weight limit on that single axle truck, and like I gotta I gotta figure all that out, look it up, like what the legal parameters are for it right and some guys are like well just hook it up to a trailer and just freaking go with it like what what are they going to do i said well here's the thing you're go you're going down the highway in this single axle truck with a drop deck hauling some hay automatically come on man these cops ain't stupid these dot officers ain't stupid they see a single axle truck they're going to know, hey, let me check this out. Is he overweight? He's got to be overweight if he's pulling that big of a trailer with that exactly. much weight on it. So, like, you can't just hook the trailer up and just go. I mean, you can, but you you're going to get caught yeah. eventually. And that's a lot of the problem, too. You know, there's only so many of assholes. I'm a lot of sex. I don't drive. but they So, the DOT can't pull me over in my little Cadillac SUV. Um and there's only so many of them, however. So you might get by with it. You might get by with it for a year. You might get by with it for two years. But it's going to be that one time that they nail you that you're going to be like, damn, if I had only taken a couple hours to get that shit figured out. Yep. You know, just because you haven't been caught, 
you know, it, it doesn't mean that you won't be. And some yeah. people think that I harp, um, you know, Hershberger, um, it, that, that uh, knows her, knows the ins and outs of all the regulations. She's very, that really puts a lot of information out there for drivers and, and specifically it's geared towards owner operators. And so she's just this kind of, we laugh because, I, you know, I know Andrea and it's like Andrea and Andrea and she's kind of like me, but she's like with an extra nerdy twist. Right. So she loves yeah. regulations. So she's got like a matrix for instance, for the COVID exemption for, for ag. And literally anytime they change it, she, she, she stays up to date. Now, for free, she has a TikTok account. I'm selling for you, Andrea, if you're listening. But <laughs> it, it, for free, she – so her brother, who my dad says is a, an amazing – you hear that, Jake Brake? Yeah. I'll, I'll just pretend like – Where is that at? On the interstate. As a flat-top Pete. Is that a nice-looking Peterbilt? But anyway, so um, so Andrea's brother, Ross, and, and his dad, and then Andrea's husband – they all haul cattle and they're owner operators and she makes videos and she keeps people up to date on current and upcoming regulations and answers questions The the, the way the trucking, some of the trucking community has treated her is unbelievable. All she's doing is, is relaying the message in layman's terms. In fact, I've, I've got to call her tomorrow because I'm not smart enough to cipher through a couple of the regulations that I'm trying to figure out for the for the company that I'm working for. But nonetheless, she does this for free. She makes these videos for free because she keeps up with it for her family. And they they're very they're reputable in Kentucky. You know, they they're they're good people. They made a good living doing things the right way. And she's not saying that you have to follow. She follow what she says. She's not even saying that you have to listen to her. But these drivers will go to her page and they'll they'll want to listen and, and, and act like they're in the know. And then they'll make the rudest, most hateful comments on her videos because they don't like the regulations. And you can turn your head all you want to. But if you're a decent, if you're a mid to decent sized operation, they'll get you. They're going to eventually. Hell yeah, they are. And you know, that's ine- inevitable. Like, I don't know, like so like that, that deal with that truck this guy was, we were hooking it up to the step deck and we were going to go weigh it and all that good stuff. And so his comment was like, well, I see these other single axle trucks running around here with freaking loaded down. And I said, well, yeah, but what works for somebody else may not work for you. And and if, if we get jammed up just, just on that weight alone, that's going to be, that could be, that could be cause for an audit right there. They can say, all right, if you've been running this truck illegal, right? What about these other trucks? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, and that, and that you know, if I had a dollar for every time my dad would tell these drivers, you know, as an owner-operator, I mean, you're, there's so much at stake. You know, you're putting a lot of trust in these people. And if I had a dollar for every time he said, "If y'all would just tell me the fucking truth." It'd make it a hell of a lot easier because yeah. eventually, you know, if you get pulled over and you're like, yeah, you know, I got this, this, uh, you know, this overweight ticket that weighed me on the side of the road, whatever. 
and you leave out the fact that you were speeding or, you know, got reckless driving or whatever, you got logbook violations, it's going to come up in the audit and make everybody look really stupid. You bought a a fake drivers and, you know, I thought when I talk, I'll be honest, you'll find this interesting. I kept telling my dad, I said, dad, I think there's a new wave of truckers, right? And he's like, oh, okay, whatever, Andrea, shut up, go on. I'm like, no, I do. He's like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, I think there are more good than bad drivers out there. He just kind of looked at me for a second and he goes, you've lost your damn mind. <laughs> oh, and I'm dude. like, and, and it's like, he doesn't mean that as in bad drivers, but it is truly hard to find a, a an ass to sit in that seat that you can send, and dad's had several over the years, thank God, but, but that you can send them on their way and you don't, you don't even think, think about it. It's so hard yeah. to find that. And I don't know. Oh why. yeah. It, it is freaking, why. it's like a freaking unicorn, man. It's, it's freaking, you can find one that's good at, at, that's real good at the miles and the paperwork, but not good at running. Right. You can and find one that's on good one. at running. Right. Yeah. And and that doesn't do the paperwork. It's like, man, hardest thing I think as an owner operator is oh yeah, is finding somebody, especially especially. And I ain't trying to say that we're better than anybody, but especially with cattle hauling because oh yeah, they they see the freaking pretty rides, they see the souped up engines, they see like and 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 they're freaking they're blinded by that, and and that's all it is to them. And when they get in it, I tell them right. all the time, look, right. don't, I mean, yeah, we got nice rides, but that's not what it's about, man. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's like, I had, you know, there's, when he got the cat, I think that was sort of the downfall. My mom, she was, she says it all the time. She says, so, you know, for years they ran uh, shrink wrap to Florida and then produce from Florida to Michigan and then back to Nicholasville. They had those de- de- dedicated runs. And she swears up and down that she would rather be in charge of 25 freight haulers over 15 bull haulers any day, all day long. Be in charge of 25 over seven bull haulers all day long. It's crazy, man. It's uh, crazy how different. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There are um, crazy, like the, the world of difference between us and the. And trucking industry, period. Like, it's it's like crazy different, man. Yes, yes. They let us. They they do let us get away with a lot more because of the livestock. But yes, but they really freaking run through us like a fine t- with a fine tooth comb oh, whenever they yeah. do try to get us. Well, you've got. I mean, if you have, if you're pulling a cattle trailer, you have a giant red target on the back of your trailer. I don't care who you are big target on the back of your trailer that says I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bull hauler pull me over because you're going to find something I don't as far as and I think that that was the you know that was kind of the down which of course my dad was getting older and wanting to retire too but you know to be honest I mean, a lot of people are like you know what made him size down and it's like the drivers you know we have a people down at the shop because they 
wanted to be big and bad, but they couldn't do it without, I'll call it quote unquote help. Okay. And then they'd get out there and their famous words were, I lost the line. They'd call my mom in the middle of the night. I lost the line. I lost the line. I lost, they'd run off the road and turn over a truck and trailer. And, and, you know, it was the point where dad's like, you know, for every truck that's, that's one less driver until there were none. That's crazy. Lucky though. You know, sometimes I think I sound negative, but it's just because I've seen so much of it. Like, you know, for instance, yesterday I was writing down, because he was trying to keep track of the trucks he sold this year, and he was writing down all the truck numbers, and he had 75 truck numbers. And he remembered every one of them and what they looked like. That's crazy. Like, that is crazy. I was like, you had, and he was like, yeah, by the time I sold and bought and, you know, this, that, and the other, yeah, I'd say, I was like, and you remember them all, that's not, he's like, yeah, I'd probably tell you the engine, every, everything, transmission, rears, but, but nonetheless, um, let's see a bull hauler till it's time to do bull hauler shit, I reckon. That, that is, that, that saying, a lot of people, I guess they think it's just cliche or it's just like just the saying but i mean it's so freaking true man it is so true yeah so so true man uh, and you know also you get like pinned up in the corner by some big mean bull have been trampled by cattle and had to be airlifted yeah i mean you know i mean i know two people i i personally just this girl in kentucky i know two people who've lost a finger on a gate you know um but you know there's I hate to, like I said, I hate to all sound negative because, but it's just sometimes I feel like it's like the, this generation of these thick heads that don't understand, like, you know, it's, there's not a, no tag attached to being an owner operator or being a bull hauler be, that says, hey, I'm much cooler. You know, like, no. do what works for you, do it, which, which I, I feel like I'm talking to people, but I got another good point. I've been looking at DOT stuff all day long, so it's like fresh on my head. <laughs> um, it brings me to when, when, so in seven, the same thing that's happening right now happened in, um, and rates, right? So at that time, my dad was running the 25 trucks on freight, and I remember sitting in his office because he would make me go sit in the office during payday to try and teach me some kind of lesson that I still haven't learned. And he would pay the drivers and he would show me where he would do the math on his, on his page. And it got to where he literally, he was legitimately paying the drop pay. He was paying money out to keep the driver. So not only was he not making money on, on, on a lot of drivers, but he was actually paying to hope and to cross his fingers, right. And make it through the economy when things got better in order to keep good drivers and good relationships with the people that he helped for because there were no brokers involved, which is an ideal situation. Yeah. Well, it got to where he didn't, he couldn't do that anymore. And so he went and bought out of the, which he all cattle years ago, but he went and bought 15 cow trailers. Everyone called, said he was crazy. And I, and I had to think over the years, why the hell did he do that? And just here recently, did it make sense? Cattle rates don't go down. So, at the very minimum, what your rate's going to be. They yeah. might go up, and that's great. They might stay the same for years, 
But at least around here, I'll say that, okay, around here, with all the buyers, they do not go down. Oh. His mind, you know, okay, the rates are here. I can operate on this. Now's a good time to come in. My equipment's paid for. You know, I can get loads. When things get good, it was it, 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 because of the, of the way that the rates are. You know, I mean, with, with a reefer, you know, you might pay $9 a mile, and you might wake up the next day, and it's two fifty. Yeah, the reefer, it does fluctuate real bad. I was talking to a guy a few days, well, a few, a few weeks ago, and uh said they're down to uh, two dollars. Wow. He, he's, he asked me if he asked me if I had any connections to get him into cattle. I said, "Man, <laughs> I said it doesn't work that way, man. I wish I wish it did work that way, but he said, "Well, I got three trucks. They're them freight liners, them plastic trucks." I'm right? like, well, then go on, and you're probably. On. And then. <laughs> This is probably, you know what? I do know of a cattle hauling company that will probably put you to work with those trucks. And he's like, for real? I said, yeah. I said, here's a number. I said, it's, it's the name of the company is Moo Cow Incorporated. I said, are you? <laughs> and if and they don't, was, hey, and if they don't, there's a guy. They're going to call the, call Moo Cow. I was like, oh, they're, if they knew what I had just done, if they knew, I told, and I told them too, I said, tell them that Ernie sent you. Yeah. He's like, all right, all right. He was, so ex- he was so excited. I was like, damn, I felt kind of like a butt. Nah, that's all right. Sometimes you got to get, get the, the cattle right now. For instance, you know, six months ago, people were laughing at you guys, right? For hauling cattle for the rate you were hauling it at. Well, right now, it's higher than most, most freight. I'm not saying oh, it's, it's a high rate, but it's higher than a lot of the freight. I know, I know, and I can speak on this because... And I ain't trying to sound boastful, but I could speak on it because it's I'm operating. I'm not like I'm operating under it. So like we're we're at we're at right at almost six dollars. I mean, and 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 it won't go. You know, that, no. That's what I. That's, that, that's when it clicked. Why Dad made that decision? Because I'm like, why in the hell did he put his neck out there and buy all those cattle trailers, knowing what he was going to deal with? And it clicked, and it made perfect sense because because he did the math. He knew what the rate was currently and assumed he would continue operating on that re- that fixed rate, which it has gone up since knowing it would not go down. Yeah. And you know, another thing that I've come to realize in, in the owner operator realm, the what? best, the best way to make the most money is not yeah. even being an owner operator of a truck. It's like your dad did the go trailers. out and buy the trailers. Yes. Oh yeah. So dad makes so much money off trailers. So for years, dad has always said the buyers are the smart ones. And those of us with all these shiny trucks are, are a bunch of damn idiots. Yep. Because, you know, so, so when dad 15 trailers, see in front of them. Yeah. But the buyer's trailers are going to get loaded first. Right. So occasionally, not, not often, but occasionally. And he knew that that was part of it. You know, he'd hit one of his would pull a trailer for, you know, who one of the buyers. And yeah. dad's like, it's genius. And he even sat down with a local, very successful buyer out of, um, and he sat down with him, some math with him. If he can buy a brand new Wilson and have it paid off, and this was when the rates, it wasn't too long ago, I'll say that, and have it paid off. 
in a year and two months. With zero interest. And the freaking wear and tear on a trailer is far cheaper than the wear and tear on a truck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Dad, he, he said for years, he's like, if I was smart, I'd sell all these trucks and just... But it's hard to find that that's the catch-22, though. It's hard to find in a power-only Yeah. Because that's where you really are screwed. Sometimes you can really get screwed if you just have the truck. Depends on... Not always, because some people are more more willing to work with you. Um, I'd go as far as to say, if if I could change one thing, it would be that. I would... would I would have just bought more trailers and trucks. Yeah. And I probably still can. I probably can stop where I'm at with trucks right now and just buy, you know, some more trailers and be way better off than with trucks and trailers. Well, bad, a bad move at all. Because, you know, truck, truck, as far as the trucks go, there's a whole lot in that industry that's kind of up in the air. The government's doing everything to get their hand in, in whatever they can, whether it be the owner-operator laws, governing trucks, e-law. You know, they're just, they are trying to control the industry to the point that I don't know what's going to happen to it. But, you know, livestock will always be there. you got to have hamburger. you got to have steak. you got to have whatever the gross part is. Um, well, you know, I saw something the other day. It's it, now that you bring that up, they're even trying to like I heard an argument or whatever conversation argument, whatever you want to call it, where they're talking about us having our load properly secured, and and uh, they're making a fuss because when the cows you know pee or whatever and it goes out the trailer, that that's oh considered that's considered part of the cargo and since it since it's going like sometimes it'll leak out the back of the trailer not because the traps are open but like the door the rubber seal that's on the door um yeah they're they're not they're not going to get those trailers watertight for one um i mean you can't i think that's so stupid but i think it's like they're grasping at straws to try to govern even even us you know with the with the low oh, yeah. procurement. But, um, random, you've maybe thought of this, but, uh, and to, to the buyer, um, that I'm working, we were talking about how, you know, there's, there is a list that says that they cannot hold you on the side of the road for longer than 30 minutes with livestock, right? Everyone knows that. Yeah. But my dad, who doesn't mind breaking the law when he, when he can, has always said, I've yet to see anyone follow it. And unfortunately, the DOT does whatever the hell they want to. And once they make up their mind, they stick to it. And so I know, I, I know one of, I know one of our guys that sticks to it. A, yeah, he, a as soon as they, as soon as they pull him over, he tells them. Well, dad's told him, them, but they'll, but he's like, you know, and, and, and sometimes it doesn't, he's like a lot, most of it doesn't work. They, they don't care, you know? And who's going to get them in trouble? You know, at that point, you're in it. But, the, so the buyer I was talking to, so he in some of those situations where they just kept disregarding it or, or, or whatever. And uh, here, here's what his sort of way around this and cross your fingers, hope and pray that, that it works. He said nine times out of ten, if you will tell that officer... 
that, okay, you know, I've been here for longer than 30 minutes. You are more than welcome to follow me to the barn, right? Yeah. Unload, and we can continue this conversation. And he said that they use it a lot. And he said nine times out of ten, they won't even follow you there. He said one time there was an asshole that did, and he was like, you know, he followed, and we had to offload. But he was like nine times out of ten, if they're not wanting to follow that thirty-minute rule, just just say, hey, you know what? It's been thirty minutes. I gotta go. I got livestock on, and you know. I thought that was kind of kind of a good like twisted way of getting out of that. Yeah, it's all those it, little it, things that you learn, you know. Yeah, you 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 use them little things, and, and like you said, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Some of these DOT officers just got a freaking. I know, and again, I'm not just trying to say that because we're like badasses or anything, but I know in, in San Angelo, Texas. I got pulled over, and the words out of that DOT officer, he said, verbatim, he said, do not like you bull haulers. Anyway, I I only had a half a load, and I was coming out of New Mexico, so I knew I wasn't overweight, but I just kept my mouth shut and let him pull out his scales. He made me follow him. We weighed the truck. He come back to the door. He said, why didn't you tell me you didn't have a full load? I said, because you were dead set on freaking how much you hated us. I'm hey, going to let you do your... I, Hang on just I, a second. I got to order taco tape. Go. I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> Hang on just a second. And then we'll start. upset because I only had a half a load. So I knew I wasn't overweight. I knew from the beginning, but he was mad because... He, so he weighed me. We went through the whole deal. He checked everything, all the lights. Everything was good. And... uh and he's like, you knew you only had half a load. Why didn't you tell me? I said, because you were dead set on how bad y'all freaking hate bull haulers around here. I'm just going to let right. you do your job. I'm not going to intervene. You do what you do, man. Right. He, goes, I, he said, I could front, I could front you 8,000 pounds and you'd still be underweight. I was like, well, I mean, what do you want me to do? I, I wasn't going to tell you. I made, you're going to, you want to freaking work. You hate bull haulers. You want to pull these scales out and freaking, I'm going to let you work. And then right. he also got cow shit splattered all over him. That's what I think is awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I love it. He he was putting the scales up under the trailer and the cows went to getting spooked and rocked the trailer and started kicking cow crap all over him. <laughs> oh, he that's, was mad. That's great. That actually, uh, my dad has all the, all the, he's got it to a science, how to break those scales on the side of the road. You, you, uh, you kind of slam on your brakes. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and they're like, he's so like, that, it, that, no, he did it on purpose. You know, it's one of those yeah. things like, yeah. damn you, damn you. But no, I mean, DOT officers are cool. We have a good, we have a great family friend that used to be a DOT officer and he's super cool. Used to be. And actually, uh, last week, I had a guy come look at a trailer that was a state trooper in West Virginia. And there in West Virginia, you know, some states, the state troopers can be DOT too. And um, West Virginia is one of them. And he was the nicest guy. And he was like, I, when it came to deal with the DOT, because it's nothing but negatives. 
He's like, at least, at least we we go in and we we make changes. You know, we yeah. do good. But when I have to do DOT inspections and all that, he's like, you know, I just if everything looks the part, like I just kind of try to let it go. You know, it's it's one of those things. Yeah. Which brings me to another stuff. You know, you the part, you act the part. You know, you're you're funky all the time, and your trailer's not been washed out, and you know, everything. Neither is your paperwork. Yeah, that is a lot of people don't realize uh, like having your truck clean without, you know, diesel, diesel smeared all over it and freaking oil leaks. And and you don't want your equipment to look like it's not taken care of because then, you know, they don't want you hauling their freight if you don't, if that's equipment that may not make it. Yeah. Thank you. This is uh, being the part, being professional, um, long way. Oh yeah, it does. I, I hate when I see a, a good-looking truck that that just never gets washed. I can I have one in my hanging up right now, and I'm like, I wish they would wash that dang truck because it's you know a good-looking truck. But I'm so partial. In fact, in one of your pictures, I think did I see a red flat, a bright red flat top that y'all have? Right. Yeah, I love that truck. That's a good-looking that, truck too. I love that paint scheme on it, man. It's yours nice is my truck. favorite. Yours is my favorite. It better be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it really freaking, is. I love. I'll freaking break up with you. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I can't. I cannot handle a new job, a sick dad, and a, and a podcast breakup. <laughs> Thank you. Can I get hot sauce? A lot. Of, I like that. Can't beat that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's real classy. It's a lot classier than that blue one I had. The blue one was nice, but yeah. I was. I think you were out of that. See, I'm still. I don't. I haven't even had my TikTok anniversary yet. I'm still less than a year old on TikTok. Really? I yeah. So um, I I'm going going on three years now. Right. Most everyone is. I didn't even know really. People kept so. Maybe I never said how I, how I got on. It's kind of funny. So people kept sending me this TikTok, right? And it was I never. Mm. Oh, I just never I just didn't open it because it was typically it was like clay and you know I don't open up sorry clay but you know you know sometimes we argue and I don't open all his messages he would send them to me and it would usually be people involved in trucking well anyways one day clay was like are you opening my tiktoks and I'm like probably not what are they up and what is tiktok I don't I don't understand what tiktok is and he's like just open it well I open it and it is Troy Massey it's it's in Troy Massey's garage and it's one of Dad's old trucks. I'm like, so I show it to Dad and he's like, yeah, well that's that's interesting. He's like, I wonder if that's one of the ones that I drove, you know. So I seen Troy Massey him and so then I thought, you know, I'm just for just for my own benefit, love trucking and I just love those damn stripes. I, I just love them. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make it my mission to locate every one of these trucks. Because there's only eight. Yeah. And two were rolled over. And one was stolen and one rolled over. And so I was like, I'm going to make it my mission. I'm going to find these strikes. And that's kind of how my account grew. Like, I just um, would be like, hey, you know, Duet done one. And um, Clay and I were going to Lufkin to see that truck race. And I had I had just kind of started my TikTok, like I said. And I, I'll never forget we walked into that to the show at Lufkin, and it was the first Equipment Express truck, and it was a real nice fellow that drove it. 
and I, I walked in and I, and I'm sure I looked like some idiot, like some stupid wife that didn't care about trucks, but you know, I raised my sunglasses and I'm really looking at this truck, you know, and, uh, the guy comes over, he goes, Oh my God, are you bull hauler's daughter? <laughs> and nice was like, here we go. <laughs> here we go. That's what but, Justin tells me all the time. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I mean, like you even know what you're talking about. They need to be more worried about who I am. I'm like, no one cares about you, Clay. But uh, <laughs> no. And so then it was I'm like, kind of a big people. deal. You are a big deal. I, re- no, I remember that's, feeling that's really. That's what cool. I say. That's what I say whenever Justin gives me shit. Oh yeah. He'll come. He'll come on the radio and he'll be like, "Oh fuck, here we go, another Tell fan him it ain't boy." Easy. It ain't easy being easy. Yeah, it ain't. <laughs> you know, it ain't easy being easy. But no, um, that that whole show, you know, and we met some good people, and that's kind of what got me, um, you know, back on there, down a couple times, and you know, he's a really good dude. And we met some good people there, and but we we were planning to go regardless, and it just that's kind of what sparked it. And then I just sort of, I think a lot of it is the fact that you know we have one trucker in our family because I would. Love for him to be supernatural, he's very close to it, but he, you know, he can't live forever. With some, uh, yeah. Lord, I don't talk about our trucks. I mean, that's all. You know, I think that was probably my first. You mean? But, you mean there's other stuff to talk about? Yeah, not around. <laughs> Dad's seventy nine, and I tell you what, hey, nothing makes him light up more than than a driver coming in talking about a Peterbilt. It's Hell crazy. yeah! You know. Anyways, this has got what a two point but he's been making some good videos. Man, he's been really making good. some. Re- he's always done good videos, but man, he's really he. I I I love that. I love that guy so much. He does such a good job. When I found out that we had made the cut, I was just like, I had always. I mean, even before I started hauling cattle, I knew about Rocky Mountain bull hauling. Yeah. I would, I was always dreaming of being on one of his videos. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's kind of cool. I can look on. I mean, he's been around a long time. I can't. I'm not calling you old, but you know, I'm just like before TikTok and all that. But you know, so dad's in, in in all the time, and it's pretty cool, you know, to see those. But now, but I had reached out, you know, about sort of partnering up a little bit, trying. You know, you and I are not mean people, so for truckers to get along, and so he, you know, he, he reached out to both of us as of late and he, he talked about how he'd help promote our, our podcast and I told I was like, you know, we're we're definitely gonna bring anybody's not following him and watching them, they are cool as shit. Oh yeah, they need to go follow him. It, definitely it, give him a follow. It, I you know another thing I want to touch on that's kinda off the subject of owner operators, but sure. I, I'm serious about I really want to try to do that truck show. I'm I mean I know it's not gonna happen overnight and it may not happen this year, but I'd like to get the ball rolling, and I know he wants to help on it too. And yes, so if we, if we could find, you know, I like I'm all about marketing, and I won't shut up. Somebody will listen, but so if we could find a good spot, um, and a couple of sponsors, I don't think. Um, no, probably maybe if we could find one trailer sponsor, maybe a stockyard sponsor. Um, I can talk to my buddies up in our American trailer. I was... Yeah. Going. And it would be cool as shit.
So, whether you agree, disagree, think we're full of the bullshit, hopefully you found something we said, hopefully you found something that we said from our real life experiences useful. Of course, that's a short version, but I could go on and on about the ins and outs of growing up in the industry. Please remember to follow, like, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts as we're always looking for any type of feedback, or please feel free to give us suggestions on what you guys would like to hear. Also, I wanted to thank you guys for listening and being patient as I don't plan to stay away so long this time. Moving forward, I'll have lots of different guests from all over the industry, and I think there's probably something for everyone. So look forward to that and let me know, of course, if you'd like to be a guest. Of course, it would be out of character for me not to say, as always, thank you to all of you drivers and your families for what you do day in and day out. Get plenty of rest when you can. And of course, stay safe out there. How about it, drivers? You've got the bull hauler's daughter on this end. Lean down on that right side of those pedals. Stick that pole in the big hole. Watch out for those Kojaks with the Kodak. Go ahead and slide back on home. And while you're there, you might as well go ahead and polish that chrome. Everyone wants to be a bull hauler. Until it's time to do bull hauler shit. If I taste in men were half as good as my taste in trucks, I'd have 99 less problems. When I go back home, I got some fame.